Hi, welcome back to Love God and Your Neighbor. I'm Laura Hutchinson, pastor of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Anniston, Alabama. Thank you so much for joining us today. I sincerely hope that you encounter the Holy Spirit of God as you worship. And I'd also like to welcome our liturgist for today, Jeff Shaver. Thank you for being with us, Jeff. It is cool to be leading this service with you. I also want to say to you, Jeff, and to all of the other dads out there, Happy Father's Day. We're grateful to all the men and women who fill the role as father in our lives, and today we celebrate you. Next Sunday, I need you to know that I will be on vacation, and so First Christian Church of Anniston will be worshiping with First Christian Church of Jasper, Alabama. They, too, are an open and affirming congregation dedicated to welcoming all people, no matter who God created them to be. They will be worshiping on Facebook Live at 11 a.m., and I'll post a link to their Facebook page on our page that Sunday morning. Okay, so before we get started, I want to invite you to do two things. One, prepare your worship space by gathering your elements for the Lord's Supper. Whatever you have will work, any kind of juice or liquid, wine, and crackers or bread, and then light a candle. Invite the light of Christ into your space. And two, I invite you to give of your tithes and offerings. I know that times are especially difficult for many people these days, and God does not expect us to give more than we are able. But in the same way that we give back to our parents on Mother's Day, Father's Day, and other special holidays, we are asked to give back to our parent in heaven. Our offerings are gifts of gratitude, saying thank you to God for everything that God has done for us. So if you feel moved by God to give a gift to First Christian Church in honor of all that God has given you, you can give it in one of two ways. You can go to our website at www.fccannistown.org, www.fccanniston.org. Org. Scroll down to the bottom of the homepage and click the Donate Now button. PayPal is the only working option for the time being. And if you feel comfortable doing so, you can choose the Friends and Family Giving option, which is free for you and us. Or you can mail a check to 1327 Layton Avenue, Anniston, Alabama, 36207. So now, in that spirit... And I invite you to sing with me our first hymn found in your Friday Reminders email. I thank you, Jesus.
Now let's sing Faith of Our Fathers, also found in your email. Our scripture for today comes from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. Then Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, 
and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have, have bread enough and to spare? But here I am, dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and he came and approached the house. He heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours come, came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Okay, so, if you know me or know anything about me, you all know that I have never given birth or raised young children before, but I have walked alongside many people who have. I've been there for friends and family to listen and help in any way I can. I've pastored parents who came to me to talk about their frustrations, fears, and worries about their children. I've cared for and ministered to children and youth my whole life. And then God brought me a daughter, mostly grown, but not completely, to mentor and love into adulthood. Now, I don't know all of the struggles of being a parent, but I know a lot of them. And one thing I know for sure is that loving your child is the most rewarding, the most terrifying, and sometimes the most heartbreaking thing you can do in life. I know that there are people who should have never become parents, who can't, for one reason or another, offer the kind of love that children need and deserve. But thankfully, most people blessed with children also carry within themselves the capacity to love profoundly and completely. 
That is the kind of parents that we're talking about today. And since it's Father's Day, let me be even more specific. That is the kind of father we're talking about today. The father in our parable is a good man with two sons. The oldest son is one that every father hopes for. He is responsible, faithful, and hardworking. He has become a man of integrity that people can depend on, and he is a son any father can be proud of. The youngest son is different. He struggles to know his place in the world and flounders in a big way. He becomes disrespectful to his father, asking for his inheritance as if his father is already dead. He's reckless and irresponsible, and he takes his money to a distant land and lives extravagantly until it's all gone. Imagine partying and women, maybe drugs and alcohol and rich food. He is a son who keeps his father up at night for worrying. So which son does the father love more? Well, for those of you with multiple children, which child do you love more? Do you love the one who's good in school, gets good grades, and always does her chores? Of course you love her. Do you love the one who's got her head in the clouds, dreaming of great things in faraway places, and who never seems to be where she's supposed to be? Of course you love her. And what about the child who gets addicted to drugs, who gets arrested, and who cannot fall, who, who cannot, for the life of her, make good choices? Do you love her too? Yes, you do. You love her with every part of your being, even if you have to spend the rest of your life praying that she will finally get clean and find her way in the world. And like you, the father in our parable loves both of his sons completely. Luke 15, 1 through 2 says, Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. That's Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus responds by telling three parables. Parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. There are two basic elements present in all three stories. There is someone who's lost something, representing God. And there is something that is lost, representing sinners. In the first, God is a shepherd, and we are either the one lost sheep, people who have either wandered away or deliberately left, or we're one of the 99 who God leaves behind temporarily to search for the one. In the second, God is a little old lady, and the sinners are represented by the item of great value that is lost. And in the third parable, the one that we're talking about today, God is a loving father, and we are the younger son who left home to squander his inheritance on sinful things, while the Pharisees, who represented Jesus for associating with tax collectors and sinners, they are the older son. Now, while we know that God is neither male nor female, or who knows, maybe God is both male and female, we also know that Jesus called God Father. And because of that, many people to this day also think of God as Father. And we know that there are many people for whom the word Father has negative connotations because their fathers were anything but a loving presence in their lives. So they have a hard time trusting a God called Father. 
and that's okay if they don't want to use that word. But it is difficult to get around the metaphor that Jesus gives us in the story, like the shepherd and the old lady. The Father here is God. So if the Father in our parable represents God, what kind of parent, in this case a father, is God? Well, the father of our story was generous with his sons. He grieved when his son went away. He rejoiced when his son came back. He forgave his son for his misdeeds and encouraged others to forgive him as well. And God, whom Jesus called Father, is also generous with his children, grieves when we leave him, rejoices when we come back, forgives us for our misdeeds, and encourages us to forgive one another as well. The word the Bible uses when talking about people who turn away from God is sinners. Until Jesus came along, the children of God believed that sinners were to be ostracized because their sins could contaminate other religious people. Sinfulness was a condition to be avoided at all costs. Sinfulness meant death, and people who were sinners were looked down upon, judged, and condemned by society. The thing is, in Luke, not only does Jesus not reject sinners, he is kind to them. And he does more than merely tolerate or condescendingly accept them. They are guests at his table, where the note of joyous celebration permeates the whole party. This is how it is with God. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, came to teach us that we were getting it all wrong. He showed us that God does not hate us or turn away from us when we sin, and in turn does not want us to do so to other people when they sin. Instead, God yearns for us to turn back to him and to live a life that includes God in every part of what we do. When the recklessly wasteful and disrespectful son realizes the error of his ways and returns home, there is no apology, no penitence required, no preliminary making him feel guilty so he will appreciate forgiveness, but an extravagance of forgiveness granted without being asked for and restoration without being claimed or anticipated. God and the angels celebrate. Jesus and the sinners that he receives celebrate. The scene of being received is not one of grim repentance, but of celebration. In the Bible, repentance is not the alternative to joy, but it is the foundation and complement of joy. The fact is, whether we are blessed with loving, forgiving, protective fathers here in this life or not, we all have one in the Creator. God sets the example of what fatherhood and motherhood, well, parenthood in general, should look like. According to God, fatherhood is generous, compassionate, loving, filled with joy, and above all, forgiving. The prodigal son had planned a whole speech where he was going to forfeit any hope of being restored to his place as son in the household because he knew he did not deserve it. But the father never even gave him the chance to say it. He didn't care what the son had done. He didn't care what the son had said. He didn't care what happened while he'd been away. All the father cared about was that his son was home, safe, and sound. 
That's what a father should do. That's who a father should be. And that's what kind of father we have in God. If you are one who was born to a father who didn't know how to be or didn't want to be loving or forgiving or compassionate or kind, I am truly sorry. Because God sets the example for how to parent our children. God interacts with us the way we are to interact with our children. And your father had the example of God to learn from. But I want you to know that because your human father is lacking, God walks with you through life and is extra attentive to you to make up for what you are missing. And if you were born to a family with a father who tried to live as Jesus called him to be, be grateful. There's only one perfect parent in this world, and that's God. But many of us have been blessed to have a person in our lives who tried, if we're lucky, who is still trying, to live up to the standards that we see in our Creator. In stories like this one told by Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. We have dads or grandfathers or mentors or pastors or step-parents or neighbors who've been there for us. They have shown us love in one way or another. They have welcomed us home at the end of every journey. They have celebrated with us when joyous things happened and they have been there when the world has turned ugly and harsh. And in the midst of those fathers that God put in our lives is God himself, the father of us all. If your earthly father was less than he should have been, you still have a heavenly father that is everything a father should be. If your earthly father is everything a father should be, you also have a heavenly father walking with you as well. So what kind of example of parenthood does God set for us? What kind of father is our creator? First of all, God loves us. God created us out of love, and God sustains us with love as well. And God wants us around. He's the kind of father that wants you working on the old car with him in the driveway or learning how to cook with him at dinner time. He's the kind of father who wants to teach you how to ride a bike and tie your shoes and give a firm handshake and look a person in the eye and interview for a job and all the things a person needs to know to make it in life. God is the kind of father who hugs you when you cry, who corrects you when you're wrong, but also never insults you or mocks you for being wrong. God is the kind of father who waits up for you when you're out with your friends, who waits anxiously at the front window when you're due to come home from college, and who rushes to be by your side when you call and say, I need you. God is the kind of father who slips you a $20 bill and says, don't let, tell your mother or your father, depending on your family makeup. God is the kind of father you can trust to tell you the truth, even if it's hard to hear, but who will deliver the truth in a way that still says, I love you. God is the kind of father who teaches by example how others should treat you and how you should treat people in return. God is the kind of father who will never abandon you, never condemn you, never hurt you, always build you up, and always show you the right way to go. God is the kind of father who never gives up on his kids, no matter how far they may stray. And God is the father 
who welcomes you with open arms when you finally find your way home. Today is Father's Day. Let us spend time giving thanks for all the fathers in our lives, both the human ones and especially the divine one. May we all strive to be like God in everything that we do. Amen. Amen. Now let us sing together, Father, I Adore You. I think that one of the greatest examples of God's parenthood over all creation is that God was willing to die in order to protect it. My dad has indicated many times that he would not hesitate to step in front of my sister and I if we were ever in danger. As his daughter, I have never doubted that and I have always felt safe in his presence. Thank God He's not been called on to do something like that. But our God, our Abba, Father, our Mother, our Great Parent, however you like to imagine God, our God saw that we, God's children, were in danger. And so God, in the form of Jesus, stepped between us and our own deaths and took the bullet for us. Even when our human parents fall short, because humans do that from time to time, God never does. God loves us perfectly. God protects us 
perfectly. And God is always there, even when we ourselves walk away. As you come to this table today, give thanks for your Abba, your Father in heaven, and know that God is always with you, no matter what. On the night when the Lord was betrayed, he took the bread, blessed it, and said, This is my body broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, blessed it, and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Our loving, gracious, and awesome God, we come now to this, your table, a table that represents the greatest gifts that could be given, your love, your grace, and your forgiveness. Lord, as we break this bread and partake and drink of this cup, let us remember their true meaning, the body of your son, Jesus Christ, given for us, and the blood that he shed for forgiveness of our sins. Lord, we pray these things. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Let us sing, This is My Father's World.
Please join me in the Litany of Remembrance. You can find it in the information about the podcast. By partaking in this meal, we remember that Christ was born. Christ died. Christ was raised. Christ Christ will will come come again. This is the mystery of our faith. Thanks be be to God. God. Amen. For our benediction today, let us say together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace, everyone. But before you do, let us sing in celebration of all that God has done. Let us sing, praise him, praise him. <laughs>